You're listening to the Noaka Report podcast, the show that brings you in-depth news and discussion on innovative and integrated metropolitan planning. This is where connectivity begins with your host, Danielle Render and Gail Godek. In the news, Noaka will host virtual lunch and learns every third Thursday of the month. Register now for the August 20th session when guest panelists will discuss planning strategies for future transit-oriented developments. Scheduled to appear are Mary Beth Feek, Director of Planning for the Greater Cleveland Regional Transit Authority, and Ken Sislak, Vice President of AECOM. Registration is free, but you must register at www.eneo2050.com to participate for this and future workshops. Interested in the financial impacts of COVID-19 on transportation in Northeast Ohio? NOACA analyzed impacts of COVID-19 on the region's transportation from March 24th through June 1st. The study highlights that 40% of employees continued to commute, and there was a 71% drop in vehicle miles traveled and fuel consumption. That reduced Ohio gas tax revenues from $27 million of local share and $38 million of the state share. Losses are predicted to affect local distributions in coming months. For a full detailed report, log into www.noaca.org. In other news, NOACA will host its annual meeting on Friday, September 11th at the Huntington Convention Center of Cleveland. Join us as we present the importance of transportation for Ohio's economy and future growth. Our guest keynote speakers and panelists will be from Lordstown Motors, Inc., with opening remarks by Christopher Runyon, president of the Ohio Contractors Association. Tickets and sponsorship opportunities are still available. Visit the NOACA website for more information. NOACA is now accepting nominations for its Walter F. Ernfeld Jr. Award, the Wally Award, for Outstanding Regional Contribution. The award has been presented almost every year since 2004 to a regional leader who exemplifies leadership, accomplishment, and regional cooperation. The 2020 nomination form can be found on the NOACA website. All nominations are due by July 31st. The winner will be awarded at NOACA's annual meeting on September 11th. Visit www.noaca.org for more news and announcements. Please like and share us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and our podcast platform. You are now connected. Stay tuned for the NOACA Report. Welcome to the NOACA Report. We are a new podcast from the Northeast Ohio Area-Wide Coordinating Agency, our local metropolitan planning organization for Northeast Ohio. I am Danielle Render, along with my co-host, Gail Godet. Hello, and welcome to our first podcast podcast series. We will be your guide to selecting important and engaging topics on transportation and environmental planning. Look for a new podcast from us every month. Yes, and today we have two special guests from the Northeast Ohio Area-Wide Coordinating Agency, or what we'd like to call NOACA, who are the are leading the development of a long-range plan, ENEO 2050, an equitable future for Northeast Ohio. Grace Colucci, NOACA's Chief Executive Officer, and Dr. Joe McDonald, Director of Strategic and Environmental Planning, are here in the studio today. Welcome, and thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. Thanks, everyone. It's great to be here. 
Well, we appreciate having you here and, and even having this forum to discuss topics that I believe impact and raise awareness on building communities within our region together. So, um, Grace, thank you for the vision and direction for ENEO 2050 and Joe for managing this tremendous responsibility over the next year of planning. So even more so um, today, you know, we're delving deeper into aspects of accessibility with a special focus on equity. But um, before we talk about the ENEO 2050, let's talk a little bit about what is NOACA. I know a lot of um, people know the work that we do in the community and um, may not know everything about um, what NOACA is. So um, I can first say it is a public organization serving the counties of and municipalities and townships within Cuyahoga, Geauga Lake, Lorraine, and Medina, which covers an area with 2.1 million people, which is great. Um, NOACA is the agency designated as the Metropolitan Planning Organization, um, with responsibilities for comprehensive and continuous planning for highways, public transit, and bikeways, as defined in the current transportation law. NOACA also has some other functions, too. It uh, performs continuous water quality, transportation-related air quality, and other environmental planning functions. It also serves as a clearinghouse, and that means it provides local governments with the opportunity to review a variety of local and state applications for federal funds. NOACA also conducts transportation and environmental planning and related demographics, economics, and land use research. It serves as an information center for transportation, environmental, and related planning, and it is directed by the board um, to provide transportation and environmental planning assistance to get this 172 units of local general purpose government. Which is a lot. And um, that is consistent with our board of directors, which is comprised of 46 local public officials. Am I correct? Yes, the board convenes quarterly and it provides a forum for members to be present and discuss and develop solutions to local and area-wide issues and make recommendations regarding implementation strategies. And as a rule, they, they work very well together. There's a lot of give and take, a lot of discussion. And as the area clearinghouse for the region, um, the board makes comments and recommendations on applications for state and federal grants. And the purpose of that is to enhance the region's social, physical, environmental, and land use and transportation fabric. That's such, that's a lot of work. A lot of work that it we're is. doing throughout the region. And that kind of brings us to why we're here today to talk about the ENEAL 2050 plan, because um, this is one of the plans that the board of directors will adopt um, as our regional guidance to what we want to do over the next 30 years. So, Grace, why don't you tell us about the ENEAL 2050 and why the focus on equity now? Sure. ENEO 2050, as you stated, is our long-range plan that we are currently developing. 2050 represents the final year of implementation, the horizon year for attaining what we look at as our vision. NEO, of course, is Northeast Ohio. And the E is for equity, which is the theme for our plan. And to your question of why focus on equity, well, the definition of equity speaks for itself. Equity is the quality of being fair and impartial or justice in the way people are treated. And equity equals choice around the work that we do. 
I love that. And, and I like the fact that you're addressing the social and community context with transportation access um, because you're talking about um, housing and built environments and neighborhoods. You're talking about health and employment, which is also always very important for economic stability and the quality of a life. So um, when you talk about an equitable future, uh, what does that look like? Well, if you take the definition that I just reviewed and apply it to metropolitan planning and specifically to transportation and environmental planning, it's about ensuring that Northeast Ohio has a built environment that works for everybody. Um, in particular, we're talking about mobility and access and specifically the relationship between transportation and the environment to land use, housing, health impacts, and economic development. An equitable transportation system then allows everyone to participate in the economy and have access to opportunities, access to jobs, to education, to medical, cultural, entertainment, everything. And, and, and when you push that even further and you look at it in a broad sense, it is about the quality of life. The quality of life, regardless of who you are or where you live in the region, should be equitable. That's so important, and that's so great that we're focusing on that. Um, NOACA's Board of Directors adopted an environmental justice policy. So can you talk about that policy a little bit and tell how that translates to what you're attempting to do under eNeo 2050? Sure. So our board um, started with a urban core communities policy in the late 90s. And that evolved into more work around uh, policies for disadvantaged communities, and then ultimately refining that to reflect specifically environmental justice communities, which speaks to racial equity and equity for people of uh, low income. And um, We've been working on these policies over the last number of years to uh, try and address those equity issues and looking at how best to invest our dollars. Um, not only are we a planning agency, but we actually allocate federal gas tax dollars to projects that support our plans, our long-range plan. And so it's about implementing our plans um, in a way that is equitable. So not just developing them and having them sit on a shelf, but implementing them. And our EJ policies, which is what we refer to when we say environmental justice, is about incorporating social equity into those investment decisions. So how do we prioritize projects? Um, and, and in many ways, it's what I refer to, and more recently, the American Planning Association refers to as righting the wrongs. Um, as an example, in Northeast Ohio, the highway system and the road network provides access to just about everything in our five-county region. But you have to have an automobile to use it. Um, that's not equitable. So bringing multimodal um, equity or modal equity uh, to the region is one of the ways that we can address EJ. Excellent. And, and I, I def definitely commend you on being in the forefront of having a lens to show this as a regional agency to incorporate social equity into investment decisions, because this is not really the first time. Um, the last plan that you did, you actually use equity um, as 
part of the priorities of what you were looking at. Um, and today we're using as a theme, but this is not the first for NOACA. No, that's exactly right. Um, um, in the last uh, long-range plan, um, AIM 2040, we sought to uh, take the elements of choice and specifically focusing how to um, ensure equity exists within our plan um, and, and, and make sure that it was knitted within there. However, we wanted to be more explicit and more intentional this time to say equity not only should be incorporated within the plan, it should be the plan. And Joe, can you add to that as well? Because um, for any planning for um, equitable equitable communities, you're addressing a lot of social determinants with transportation access. So what is the planning behind and the focus areas of what you're doing? Thank you, Danielle. The transportation system in Northeast Ohio, like all regions around the United States, really connects the facets of everyday life for its residents and the businesses that locate here. So when you talk about transportation, you're really talking about housing, you're talking about land use and the development pattern, you're talking about economic development, you're talking about parks and recreational opportunities, and the overall environment. And when you talk about equity, what we want to accomplish is a region. We want to realize a region in which people have the ability to, as Grace said, utilize the transportation system but utilize that system to access those things that they need. And so the support that goes with that is really how we've built our communities so that people are connected to the things that they need to live their best life. And so that's why this plan is going to go beyond uh, just what we've done in the past to really incorporate these other elements of regional planning, like housing, like land use, like economic development, because they are so closely knitted with our transportation network. I love that. And and when you were talking about that, I was thinking about some great examples, the Clark Fulton Master Plan, the Vision Zero Cleveland for safer streets and equitable mobility. And so does that really align with what some of the plans that we would do for the ENEO 2050? Yes. Yeah, so it's important to remember that, and Grace has alluded to this already, equity is not a new theme for NOACA. This is something that NOACA staff incorporate into their, their regular planning activities. And this long-range plan, even though uh, people in the region may hear about it every four years, this is not something that we just initiate every four years. We continue to create planning documents and studies and research uh, on an annual, regular basis that look at freight planning, that look at mobility for seniors and those with disabilities, that look at protecting water quality and improving wastewater sewer uh, management, uh, that look at air quality and the kinds of issues that impact uh, emissions from transportation sources. So this is this safety is another, is another big uh, topic that NOACA focuses on. And these, these plans and studies are done regularly. So you could say that the long-range plan, the ENEO 2050, we have been working on this for quite some time. This is an ongoing regular activity for the region, and all of the staff at NOACA are very engaged. This is our top priority. 
And I want to mention, because you just mentioned seniors, um, we do know that Ohio is on pace to become one of the handful of states, mostly in the Midwest and Northeast, that will have more residents age 60 and older than people under age 20, which is alarming for me um, to hear that. And among the places where this shift has been made is Cuyahoga County, um, where they're saying the latest estimates for the Census Bureau that, that, that this has already occurred. Yeah, using the 2017 estimates and then projecting forward through Census 2020, um, a Cleveland.com study found that 18 states and 64 of Ohio's 88 counties are on target for the older group to outnumber the younger one you know, by the official count next year. So this was not the case for any state or Ohio county in 2000. So we're definitely aging. So are these and other populations targeted in the plan to address future accessibility and mobility? Yes, as Grace mentioned before, good planning and and equity really focus on having choice. And it's important to afford our, our older communities, our older populations, the kind of choice that gives them independence, that helps them feel that they are still viable members of society. And that choice comes down to how they can move around the region, even if they have different needs and the types of housing they can choose. And many seniors continue to work. It's not as if all seniors decide to retire and they drop out of society. They volunteer. They have valuable expertise as consultants. They may take on second careers. We want to give the senior citizens and, and those who may have some physical limitations to how they can move about the ability to, tra- uh, to, to travel and not simply by a private vehicle that they have to drive themselves. We also want to give them the ability to stay in their neighborhoods, maybe stay in their homes mm-hmm. and have access to the basic essentials of everyday life, the grocery store, the drugstore, right. health care, recreation, so they can continue to, to enjoy the communities that they that they may have loved for for decades and not be forced to leave uh, because those neighborhoods and the transportation network don't give them the choices that they deserve. Yeah, because of that aging population and how important it is to people to age in place, um, we have um, a Lunch and Learn coming up on July 18th. with a pan- Yeah, with a panel discussion um, that's going to address the current state of our aging population with health, housing, and transportation access. So that, you know, kind of flows right in with with what you're saying for ENEO 2050. Absolutely. So how are we going to get there? I I know we're talking about um, the processes, uh, but give us some insight on the investment planning associated with ENEO 2050. We have, you know, um, funding levels, you know, um, how are we going to get there as far as strategic direction and investment priorities, um, like the TIP program that we have. Um, the board did um, look at some of the projects that we um, would like to do and plan for. Could you talk a little bit about that? Well, one of the things that I want to emphasize is um, in order to be able to develop a long-range plan that truly is equitable and addresses what we think needs to be addressed, it has to be more comprehensive. It has to have more context. And so we are looking at um, ensuring that there are linkages Uh, between the long-range transportation plan, which is something we must do as a federal uh, metropolitan planning organization, Mm -hmm. 
and other aspects of planning, specifically land use, housing, health impacts, and um, economic development. So what types of investment projects have already been approved? Um, You know, Danielle talked about the TIP. That's the Transportation Improvement Program. Um, And the Board of Directors approved the TIP plan earlier this year. So, So what did they approve and what types of projects? So first of all, let me say that um, before we get into the tip, the the long-range plan is uh, 20, 25, 30 years out. And then the tip is essentially the short-term plan or the first four to five years of the plan. And uh, both the plan and then the TIP element focuses on maintaining and rebuilding our infrastructure for the long term. Um, But Going back to being more comprehensive, we've got to ensure that we are looking at um, projecting and influencing the land use patterns. And that's when we talk about what criteria we use to select projects for the long-range plan and then to fund them for the short-range or the TIP plan. And um, those uh, prioritization criteria for our resources um, are for the initiatives that are outlined in that plan. And again, I want to focus on that they include a specific uh, current uh, throughout the plan for underserved and historically marginalized communities. So what does that look like? That's the plan. What does that look like when you bring it home to the tip? Well, first of all, there's too many uh, projects (laughs) to mention. We've got $2 billion worth of projects in the uh, four-year tip. And uh, some of them, however, that are noteworthy uh, to our discussion of equity um, is the continued TLCI program, which is a Transportation for Livable Communities initiative that yes. looks to leverage transportation dollars in order to build better connections within communities and improve the quality of life. So to look at transportation in a holistic way for communities. Um, also increased bicycle facilities and um, funding for public transit, including $240 million for GCRTA's rail cars. So I think those are some examples of uh, projects that speak to uh, the focus of our plan. Okay. And one of the other things that we've been hearing about from NOACA is the Great Lakes Hyperloop system. So can you tell me about that and also about the pending electric vehicle charging stations? Um, Where are we with those projects? And So those are really exciting projects. Um, You know, they speak to how we integrate into our long-range plan new technologies um, in addition to the maintaining, enhancing, and expanding of our existing infrastructure. So it is really trying to be forward-thinking. Relative to the Hyperloop, we just finished the feasibility study, and if everything went well from today it would take us at least 10 years to actually complete a hyperloop between Cleveland and Chicago, and then a few more years from Cleveland to Pittsburgh. Um, But I do want to remind you that the hyperloop really is a private sector initiative, so it's not a government initiative. We're engaged as part of the planning effort to ensure that we are uh, looking out for the interests of the public and that we're engaging in many aspects of that uh, process. Um, But we would hope in the 2050 plan that, yes, Hyperloop will come to fruition. Um, More 
In the short term, uh, we know that EV charging stations are very critical to being able to change the dynamic um, for the uh, share between uh, electric vehicles and gasoline-powered vehicles. And we project that about $29 million worth of um, infrastructure is needed in Northeast Ohio to bring some level of parity between electric vehicles and gasoline-powered vehicles. And we're starting that effort by investing $3 million this year in public infrastructure for EV charging. Wonderful. Yeah, that's great. And some of those um, things, and, and I can say all of the projects that we're working on um, can't really be done without a broader community engagement. Um, public input is always important. And I know that, Joe, you were talking about the focus areas, but there's a lot of things that are going on right now from a regional survey um, sample that's been um, and has been released. And um, you even have a Sasaki crowd gauging tool. Um, could you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So as you mentioned, the regional survey launched on Thursday. This is an effort to really look at a demographically and geographically representative sample of adult adults in Northeast Ohio to assess their perspective on where they live and how they move around the region right now, but also to look ahead to the future. Things like the Hyperloop, things like hybrid and electric vehicles, autonomous vehicles, and and what the level of interest is in the population and what the level of knowledge is in the population of Northeast Ohio about these future technologies. Uh, connected vehicles, vehicle-to-vehicle and vehicle-to-infrastructure are other examples. So we're not just talking about where people are now, but we're talking about looking ahead into the future at the types of innovation and technology that can improve our transportation system. That survey will be valuable because that will represent a statistically significant sample uh, of adults in Northeast Ohio that helps us get a snapshot of where we are in 2020. In addition to the survey, we are also working with uh, Sasaki and Associates, a consulting firm out of Massachusetts, to develop what we call a crowd gauge tool. And the purpose of that tool is to help people profess their priorities, what they care about, what they think is important for themselves, their families, their neighbors, their community, and to articulate that in sort of a fun way through a, uh, an interactive game that can be used when you engage different community groups and, and public gatherings, and then to help people understand by actually putting dollars on the table, if you want certain things as priorities, then here are the planning processes that have to happen. These are the different planning activities that are required from government agencies to make those priorities a reality. And if you want those types of planning activities that support your priorities, then you have certain policies that you would want to implement. And policy changes have real weight when it comes to dollars and cents. And people are given stars for the priorities and they're given coins for the policies. And they are forced to make the decisions that most government officials have to make with a limited budget. Where do we allocate funds that support the kind of community that you envision for your future? And so those are very cool ways that we can engage people and they can participate. And we especially want to hear from and engage those communities that have not been that participatory uh, in NOACA's planning processes 
These are the communities that maybe don't feel that they have had a voice in the past. We want to really make a deliberate effort to reach out to those communities and bring them in because they have valuable insight to share with us. And this plan is really to help them as much as anybody else. That's really exciting, you know, that you're getting people involved in it. And I think it's really great that that people have to do the playoff of this is my priority, but oh gosh, this is how much it costs so that they get the reality of that. So this is all very exciting. So what is the time frame for ENEO 2050 for the plan to come out? Because it's so exciting. It's like, I want to, I want to read it now. <laughs> well, this is great timing because as I mentioned before, we are now actively in the public engagement phase of this effort. And we, we launched uh, earlier this year, so a lot of the preliminary research and analysis uh, is underway. We've already launched the survey. That was last week. The tool is in development, and we expect the tool to launch in early July. And then we will have uh, two to three months of meetings, activities, digital town halls, roundtables. You mentioned the Lunch and Learn. Uh, there's NOACA's Transportation Day, which is coming up in less than a month. And these are opportunities for people to really express their voice and to make sure that they are heard so that they can inform the content and the ultimate uh, plan that we approve at the NOACA board level. And we anticipate completion and approval of the full plan a year from now, in okay. June of 2021. Wonderful. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because a lot of the information on all the engagement is on your website. So the ENEO2050.com, um, you could get all that information. Um, Gail spoke earlier about the Lunch and Learns that's coming up, which I believe is July 18th. Um, yes, I it's, believe a, it's, it's a Thursday, yeah. Um, that's coming up. So all of that information um, can be found on the website. Uh, the town hall meetings are very important to talk about. These are virtual town hall meetings that are coming up. Um, our first one is July 21st in Cleveland, with a focus on Cleveland. August 3rd for Cuyahoga County, August 12th for Lake County, August 19th for Lorraine County, and August 26th for Medina County, um, September 2nd for Geauga. So during these virtual meetings, will they be able to experience the crowd gauging tool? Absolutely. That's, that's one of the hallmarks of those types of meetings. We want people to actively participate and to feel that they are engaged. We're not just going to talk to people. We really want to hear from them. Great. We want to listen to them, share information, of course, to help them understand what we want to do and, and how we're doing it, but also hear from them and get their insight, not just through CrowdGage tool, but also uh, their own feedback in terms of input. Uh, they may have ideas that we haven't thought about. We really need to tap the public and get their insight to make this a successful endeavor. I love it. And anyone can attend these um, virtual meetings. Um, you do have to register. Um, but I noticed that there's also a video campaign that's out there, too, that residents can send a video up to uh, 30 seconds about what matters to them in regards to the future planning of Northeast Ohio. So I love that. And everything that has been discussed really talks about what the community wants, what you um, envision for your community. So I like that as the backdrop um, and everything that we can do to get the information out. Um, a lot of this is online right now because of COVID-19. Um, we've been very successful in doing a lot of our meetings this way, um, but we will have some opportunities, we hope later on, that we can do some in-person meetings um, 
going out there in street teams and and just really getting out the word for people that um, so they'll have um, somehow be able to contribute as stakeholders to this process. So um, before we um, come to the end of this podcast, tell us about how you hope to impact our region with ENEAL 2050. We've talked about the process. We talk about our host, but what would you really like to see when um, we complete and I and I want I don't want to talk about complete the plan because there's always outcome. But what would you envision that you hope that has been the result of it? One word: equity. And 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 you know if you want to expand on that, it's choice and it's engagement. I agree. Wonderful. I think Grace is spot on. We're here to serve the people of Northeast Ohio. They are our customers, and I think this is a fantastic opportunity for us to really strive. Uh, for that vision and to engage a wide range uh, of audience that we have not uh, in the past. So this is exciting. And that's actually a great point, Joe. We work for the people. We want to develop a vision that's the people's vision, not just uh, planners in the ivory tower over on, uh, you know, East 13th Street. (laughs) We want the vision that speaks to everyone and that gives everyone the opportunity to engage in the process to get them there and then to be able to have the system they want and they need to um, not only survive, but we say thrive, right? To live the best life they can live. Love it. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, this has been such a great discussion, but unfortunately, we've run out of time. So thank you, Grace and Joe, for joining us for this conversation about ENEO 2050, yeah, an equitable future for Northeast Ohio. We really appreciate your time coming here. Yes. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. This has been terrific. This is such a important part of the work that we do, and thanks for helping us uh, communicate that to people. Well, we appreciate um, you giving us this platform. And um, to our listening audience, thank you for tuning in. Um, Please join us again for our next monthly podcast as we will continue to talk more about Northeast Ohio's regional priorities, especially the outline for the ENEO 2050. Uh, Make sure to visit our website at eneo2050.com where you can subscribe to the show. Uh, We have Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. So check out all of our listings so you'll never miss a show. And while you're at it, simply tell a friend or colleague about the NOACA report. We want to hear from you. Until next time, I'm Gail Godek. And I'm Danielle Render. Join us again for the NOACA report. Mm-hmm.